You're listening to episode 51 of The Marketer's Mindset with Brian Burkhardt. Welcome back to The Marketer's Mindset, the podcast where we talk about how to create and sustain a powerful mindset to help you build a successful online business and lead a happy and abundant life. Guys, I am super excited to be talking with today's guest. He was born and raised in a small town in New Jersey in a middle-class family where despite having loving parents, he was constantly reminded that things of wealth were, quote, for them, not us, or believed the mantra, He can, I can't. Though he grew up comfortable, he had a burning desire inside him, as most entrepreneurs do, to be more, but had no entrepreneurial role models in his life, and his environment was holding him back. As he grew older, he took a job as a valet, and every week he would see a guy pull up in a beautiful Bentley, and he'd wonder to himself, how does one go about getting one for themselves? Not being shy and having a curious nature, he asked the guy, How one gets a car like that, that one decision to ask led him to a year-long journey where he was mentored by the gentleman who taught him a dozen things that would end up changing his life. His newfound skills developed, and soon he discovered how to communicate so effectively, he became a top salesman, trainer, and recruiter for national companies. Continuing to improve himself, he also went on to become a master practitioner of NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, and along with his passion to share his communication and transformation strategies with others, he's become known for showing people how to get results, increase their lifestyle, and improve their physical health and confidence. Today, he's a results coach and the founder and president of Human Communications Institute and has helped hundreds of thousands of people all over the world transform their lives through his signature events such as Core Strength Experience, audio seminars, and one-on-one coaching. He's also created a concept called HIT, Human Interactive Technology, and has authored several books on being successful, such as Core Confidence and Yes or No, and is soon coming out with a new book called Human Owner's Manual. His approach is direct and effective. He leaves everyone he works with in a possessions of cutting-edge strategies and tools that will assist them in doing the things that will bring results they desire for their life. Simply put, he knows how to bring out the best in everyone that he works with. Nick Unsworth of Life on Fire calls this six-foot-six coach a giant and powerhouse of personal development and compared his trainings to what Tony Robbins does times 10 Nick also credits this individual as the mentor that launched him into success. Please welcome to the show the man whose motto is Average Sucks, Michael Burnoff. Well, that is an intro of intros, and I so appreciate it. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm super excited to have you, Michael. This is so cool. And, uh, you know, we got to meet just the end of December or middle yep. of December at uh, Joe Polish's I Love Marketing Meetup. How amazing was that yeah. meetup? I mean, that was a, that was like the who's who oh. of the who's who, right? It was. It was amazing to see all you. I, there was, what, 14 or 15 of you Genius Network members and entrepreneurs that were there? And it was 
And you've been there, what, you said about a year in his Genius Network group? Yeah, I've been in about a year in Genius Network. I've been around that world, circling around the outer skirts of it for about um, about three or four years. And in the last uh, year, I've been inside the program. That's fantastic. And it's just such a, I mean, it's a who's who of just entrepreneurs, huge thinkers, people that are just doing amazing things in the world and just totally giving back. So you're, you're in a powerful group. So if anybody who's not familiar with Joe Polish and the Genius Network, um, just Google it. Um, I'll have links in the show notes and just start exploring it. It's just, it's amazing. So to have you guys all in that room, it, it was just powerful. And you know, what's weird, Michael, is, you know, how, when you set an intention or, you know, I believe in intentions. I always try to set something for what I'm going to do, whether it's the podcast, uh, an event that I'm going to, whatever I'm going to be doing. And there was a guy that I met through one of the groups named uh, Douglas Halfpenny. Okay. And we never met in person, but he said he was coming out to Scottsdale to go to an event. So I said, hey, let's meet up in person. I'll take you to lunch. So I drove out there and he was raving about this event that he was at. And I'm like, what is it? And he said it was called Core Strength Experience. <laughs> And he's going on and on about it and how amazing and how it's affected his life and how he cried and he had breakthroughs. And he's like, you've got to check this out. I'm going to give you some information. I was like, go right ahead because this is right up my alley. Little do I know that when I come here and I meet you in December at Joe's place, he was talking about you. I, I, when I introduced and said, uh, Michael Burnoff, I'm like, Michael, but that's the guy from there. And I loved what you said about when you talked about your moonshot and it just really it struck me and it was someone that I said, you know what, this is my listeners need to talk about. He's all about mindset. Um, and I love what you talked about. You've been teaching people to communicate for a long time and get things and things in their life. But one of the things that really clicked was you teach people how to communicate with themselves to get what they want. So I was like, I got to get this guy in the show. And I went up to you, approached you, introduced myself. And like a true entrepreneur, you were like, let's get it done. Here's my phone number text me as soon as you leave here and let's set this up. And I was like, wow, look at this guy. You were so busy, but I appreciated you taking the time and wanting to come on here and share your information. So thank you again for coming on. This is going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm excited about it. And that is really my passion. I mean, I spent a long time. And if you want me to catch up with that later, I will. I mean, I spent a long time in my life teaching people how to communicate with others and influence and make a buck. And that's what a lot of people are looking for primarily. But yet, once you learn how to communicate with you, that's when the true change takes place. That's when the real magic begins to happen. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with you more on that. Now, the purpose of the podcast here and why I set this up, Michael, was a lot of entrepreneurs are taught like, okay, here's the ABCs, here's the the five steps to whatever. The magic formula. Yeah. Push button this, push button that. But so many tend to neglect the mind. And I think everything starts in the mind. So I want to ask you, how important do you feel that mindset is to one's success? Well, th this is interesting. So I'll just jump right into something that you said, the conversation we had when we first met about my moonshot. And if those of you aren't familiar with the concept of moonshots, it's just something big you're going for. And I, I for years, neglected it. I had no idea. I was like every other entrepreneur. I was struggling. I was challenged because nobody ever taught me entrepreneurship. I literally went in business, no different than, I mean, I'm unequipped person to pay for a mortgage practically, and now I have a house. And I went into business uh, for myself, basically by myself, and I was all alone. And I thought that if I sold more, if I 
if I could just do better at selling, get more people to buy, get in front of more people, it would change everything. So one day, um, a gentleman, a major gentleman, it was part of the intro you said, but it's something else that happened to me, changed my life in a major way. And I started studying influence. And this is where a lot of people, you get on a podcast like this, you get into marketing and you're like, how can I sell? How can I influence? How can I do what you do, Brian? How do I do what this Joe guy you're talking about does? I want to do that. And I figured that out. I literally figured out at a mid-20s, you know, multiple six-figure income, eventually showed other people how to do the same thing, built a million-dollar business, and I built it all on the back of you can teach people how to influence, sell more, make more, do more. And what was fascinating is I had no idea that no matter how well somebody was doing or how well they weren't doing, the ability for them to deal with themselves on a regular basis from how they felt to what they did to how they acted to their relationships to the food that they ate, the choices they had, that literally the ability to control how they thought was dominating them even more than their need for economics. So if I were to tell you the number one thing you got to work on in business after you get past like getting your needs met financially, you've got to get your brain focused and around who you need to be to get where it is you need to go. So I'll start with that. No, and, and that's that's so true. And like I said, so many people tend to neglect that part. They want to go through and they want to show you the hows. And it's like, all right, the hows are great, but if you don't have that inner belief and you're not strong about what you want to do, I could show you, you could probably sit down with someone and show them exactly what they could do, show them how to influence it. But if they don't believe and they're not going to apply that to them, it's not going to happen for them, you know? And so, and one of the things that you said, and it was, uh, I was watching a video of you with uh, Nick Unsworth event for his life on fire. Yep. And I so resonated with this, Michael, you started talking about how you grew up in the middle class and the thing that really was affecting you was that you were comfortable, comfortable middle class. And I said, you know what? I always thought about this. And, and it was funny because that you said that is I, I said, if I go to an event and I need to speak, I want to get up there and start my story out and say, you know what? I've got a tragic story that I want to share with you all. I grew up in a loving family, me and a sister. My dad worked hard. I learned some good ethics. We went and took a couple trips every now and then. And, and at the end, and everybody's going to be looking at me like, what do you mean you weren't abused? And it, it sounds like it sounds like the the beaver, you know, leave it the beaver, the cleavers, you know? And I'm gonna say, yeah, but you know what? I was comfortable. And I that's the tragedy. Yes. And it's like you look at these people and you know the stories, people that come from horrible backgrounds and abuse and all that stuff. And some of those just tend to have that strength and go on and do stuff. But when you're comfortable and you haven't been pushed or had to push yourself through your life, you haven't built that strength. So yeah, I, I call that adversity. And what's fascinating about it, I, this is the interesting thing about the middle class. It's kind of like not knowing you're an alcoholic because everybody drinks around you and you're drunk all the time and you don't know right. the difference. When you're middle class, you're okay. And when you're okay, is okay. And okay is okay. And okay is still okay. As long as okay is okay. But as soon as you accept okay is not okay, it's not okay anymore. So for me, what would happen is the way that I grew up and why I share that story all the time is it's, it's this box that if you want, I can discuss later. That is such a fascinating concept in my, in average sucks. That's going to be coming out here soon. And what's so fascinating about it is that middle class was a, it wasn't even a term in the thirties. Right. And then sometime after the great depression, they come up with this great idea. Let's create the middle class so people could be comfortable. And they removed 
natural adversity from the world. So here we are in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, how we all grew up. And what happened is if you were a good person, you got a good job, put away some money, the interest rates were low enough on a house, it was cheap enough to buy a home, you could put enough in the bank, you could save the money, you could get by and better being middle class. Uh, even, even like um, Amazon didn't exist. As soon as technology and timing, how fast things move, got together. Now what happens, we have no adversity. Because I, I remember being a kid, and I remember where'd, – where'd you grow up, Brian? Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Buffalo, New York. Okay, so dude, nobody beats the Wiz. Do you remember that store back in the day in, in yep. New York? Okay, so I would call down to the Wiz and be like, I want to get this Sony Walkman. I just dated myself, right? The yeah, yellow one, sure. the waterproof one. You remember that one, right? Yep. And I want one. They're like, no problem. We'll order it. You'll have it in eight to ten days. Come down to the store and pick it up. Now. I'd have to be excited and then I'd have to wait. Maybe I'd call the Wiz. Maybe I'd call PC Richards. I'm picking up some names, right? Yeah. Old days, Sears, all this stuff. And I finally got them on the phone. Seven to 10 days, I can get this thing. Now my daughter, my, my when she was two, I remember we saw this like my little pony thing she wanted. She pushed submit button or the enter button on, on our computer on the Mac. And then she walks to the front door on Amazon wondering why it's not at the door yet. Like one minute later, we don't have natural adversity anymore. So the fact that you don't have to walk anywhere, that everything is convenient, that life is convenient, means you're in less good shape than you used to be. The fact that the food supply is not what it used to be. Like being average will keep kill you these days. And I'm telling you, most of this middle-class mentality is destroying your ability to be successful. And I got a psychological thing that I could share on this in a bit, if you want, that will truly blow everyone listening to this mind. Definitely share it. You want me to roll? Yes. I want this, this podcast here. I want actionable stuff. Questions, baby. Let's go back and forth on this. So, so here, here's where I'm going to, I'm going to draw a picture right now. That's very, very vivid. So here's what happens in life. Sometime around, I don't know, 10, 12, 15 years old, you start recognizing who you are, what you have, what you don't have, and you build these walls for yourself. So what I've recognized, what most people do, and entrepreneurs do this as well, and this is where we become a victim of success. So the second you finally get some level of success, some level of happiness, some level of anything in a relationship, physical, anything, we build these walls for ourselves. And the back wall that we build in our lives is called, I'll never go back there again. Like, Brian, I bet you and I could spend days going through drama stories of shit we've been through. Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. That's the back wall. I'll never go back again. I may do crappy. I may have problems, but I will never go back there again. So behind you is what you'll never do. But in front of you is the other wall. And what that wall is, is your dreams, your goals, the things that you want in this world. So so we build our lives based on what we'll never do again and what we want. And to the right of us, inside of this box, and this is really what's interesting, is to the right of you is your identity, how you're seen in this world. And, you know, Brian, how I'm seen is I'm seen as the guy that has this, doesn't has this, and acts like that. So my identity that you have is that every night you go to bed, and I, I just a good metaphor for everybody, you go to bed at night, you say, I want to be different tomorrow. You say your prayers, you do your thing, and tomorrow's going to be different. And you put your script on the nightstand. And the next morning you wake up and go, I wonder who I'm going to be today. And the first thing you do is grab the script of yesterday, you read it again, and you live it out one more time. Yes. Getting this? Oh, yeah. And the left is how you connect with people. So you build a box of 
identity of who you are and you create the averageness. So I got up in front of a group of people the other day, which the average income in the room was at least $1.5 million a year that they made on their tax return. This is not a business. People were making a hundred million a year. People were making a billion dollars a year. And Avine was in the room. And I looked at that room and I go, you know what your problem is, everyone? You, your average. And I let it set in. Your average life is your challenge because we all live inside of this box. And what's fascinating is what you want is inside the box. Having it is in another box over that wall. And what almost everyone does is they lower their shoulder, they listen to personal development, they fire themselves up, they try to take massive action, they want to get through the wall. But the real secret to growth is, and this is what I taught Nick Unsworth years ago, the gentleman you mentioned earlier, yes. is you've got to get over the wall and start getting into the new box. So having this want is in the life you currently have. Realizing it and living it is a whole new average. So my purpose in life is to literally change what people's averages are. So you have an average, you're an average marketer, you have an average this, and you may be the most average Bill Gates in the world, but Bill cannot be more than Bill Gates being his current average. Yeah, that, that's so true. So how does one get over that wall? Do, do you think people are more motivated by the pain from the past that they don't want to repeat more than they are actually driven to get to the goals that they want? What do you think's pushing? I think pushing? I think most people don't even know that they're in the box. I think most people think if they could just play with the wall, touch the wall, caress the wall, they'll be happy enough. And the idea of having what they want turns them on enough that they don't even need to get it. If you truly are committed to getting what you want, you have to accept that the wall in front of you is glass, that you're looking at what you want, but it's not inside what you are. It is somewhere else. So I'll steal something from um, Werner Earhart said back in the day in an old audio, you got to throw your hat over the wall and you've got to be willing to go to the other side of the wall and you got to commit because the second you get to the other side of the wall, I'll talk to you about scaling that wall in a minute. Now the new you is actually able to realize and get what you want and you're in the process of getting it, we're not talking about it anymore. So you either can go through the wall, build a ladder, which is get people to help you, be on, listen to podcasts like this, get around guys like me, get some coaching, get some help, or you can grow bigger than the wall and just step over the damn thing because you're taller now and you don't have to, you're all of you. That's the thing. Like you are never going to get what you want living the way you currently live. Impossible. Right. I totally agree. And one of the things that I had a big aha, Michael, when I listened to, uh, you did some good trainings. You do a lot of them. For one, I, I uh, part of your GPS, your business GPS yeah. success. And I'm loving that going through the audios. And there's Isn't one powerful. Oh, you know what? And this isn't not to like uh, have a little love bromance going here, but seriously, we can love each other. I, I'm impressed, man, because you say stuff that I haven't heard before. And it's, it's a yeah. unique angle. It's not. It's not the rehash personal development stuff. You're real. You tell it like it is, which in today's world, we need this. Too many people want to fluff stuff like me and you talk about the push button, this or that. No, yep. that easy stuff doesn't exist. And we know that easy makes you average and you don't want to be average. And you're never going to get to where you want to go unless you change yourself. And one of the big ahas you said was in the start your new year where you were talking about goal setting audio. Yep. Man, I was at the gym working out and I'm listening to it. And and you said about taking a piece of paper and putting out to the right what you want is a goal. And one of the things that, that got me though, and, and let me see if I interpreted this right, or maybe I set up a whole different paradigm shift for myself. But instead of setting a goal, like you always talk about, people want six figures, they want the six pack abs, whatever it is. I want the Bentley or I want the new Lexus, whatever it may be, was putting out to the end 
who you want to become. Yes. And I thought, you know what? Because I got rid of setting New Year's goals. I don't do that anymore because I think you need to set goals constantly or do things. You shouldn't have that as an event that you wait for the end of the year or beginning of next year to set goals of what you want to do. I think that's just, you shouldn't have that to do it. But what I thought about was so powerful is if you strive to become who you want to be, what you need to do to be that person to get those things, then your little goals inside will be, all right, maybe I want to get to six figures first, or I want to get to half a million first. And you keep upping those and changing those goals along the way. But those are simply just little targets you place and things that you will achieve if you are focused on becoming that person at the end result, which is really not a goal. It's actually a lifetime thing because you're not going to accomplish it. You're always going to want to improve yourself. Is is that kind of what you were trying to get across from that? Yeah, I mean, that that's Thing. I mean, literally, if you want more money, become a more influential person by the end of the year. If you're a more influential person, you'll have more money. Right. I, I believe at the end of the day, everything is about growth. One of the things that I teach in my human interaction technology is like, I, I do this thing where I throw a marker on the ground and I said, okay, do you want to get the marker or be the man holding the marker? Uh-huh. And to be the person holding the marker is different than wanting the marker. Wanting the marker is a goal. Being the person actually steps over there and picks it up is a radically different person. So we need to become who it is that has what we want. That is the secret. I mean, Jim Rohn, I I give him a ton of credit for this is, you know, you're only going to be as great as the person you become. And that's really one of the most fundamental things in the world. Like I would love to, I think most personal development speakers are full of shit. And I think it's most of it is a bunch of like sugar water, get you pumped up, get you excited. And I'd love to line up like paintball guns and shoot half of them because I, I think what they're doing is getting people high on their own dopamine. I mean, oh, write your goals, go have things you want. Yay, go get it, go hustle. That feels good. That's not how you change. How you change your life. Every time you've made a major shift in your life, typically you had a peak emotional experience. Something broke or something broke through. And it's sometimes not the most pleasant thing in the world. And that's where the biggest change happens in your life. Right. Now, do you think, Michael, that people need to get there to make changes? Or can you, what can someone do instead of having to hit rock bottom? Can yeah, you, you don't have to hit rock bottom. Right. How can you look at your life and just say, just be fed up enough? You know what I mean? Maybe maybe it's not a divorce or a bankruptcy or anything major, but you're just fed up enough of, like you talked about, just repeating that same year again. You know, to, you, if you don't do anything different this year, it's going to be like 2017, 2016, 2015. You're going to do it automatically. Right. You're, so you're gonna- what, what does one do to get themselves to start taking action now without having to hit rock bottom and set them okay. on that path? So I'll take my 100 best students in business, right? Mm-hmm. And I'll take all 100 of them and I'll tell you exactly what they did. And these are people that are extremely coachable and willing to listen to me. And everyone else was told this, but the top 100 that I know that turned on six-figure, multi-six-figure and, and million-dollar businesses within a year did this. Number one thing you got to do is decide you're not where you want to be in your life and really mean it. Number one is you need to make a decision that it's okay. I'm not where I want to be. doesn't mean you're a bad person. doesn't mean you're stupid. doesn't mean anything's wrong. The second you decide you're not where you want to be, a window opens and you go, I'm not in the right box. What I'm currently doing isn't working. Number two, you need to figure out how to get yourself, not what to do, how to get yourself to take consistent action. So if you're like, I am not where I want to be health-wise, and let's just take it out of business for a minute, and I'm overweight, I'm I'm not feeling good physically, I don't have the energy, deciding you're not where you want to be, how do you get yourself to be consistent 
And number three is how to change your perceptions of how you're seeing how other people see you. Because as long as others see you one way and you see yourself one way, you will always be that way. We have to change the perception of other people and it takes some time. But when you have the ability to change yours and or other people's perceptions, that's where the change kicks in. Now, don't you think on that though, if you change your perception, then it's automatically pretty much going to start changing other people because you're going to start being that person? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's number one. I mean, it's like you change your perception, how you're seeing it. It's not a fake it till you make it literally changing your perception of how you see things. Like for instance, uh, understanding how your body and your brain work. I think a lot of people miss this. Like uh, you've probably heard me cover this before, but let's just say for an example, um, here's, here's a good way to looking at it. If you are a business owner, right. And you're looking at your bank account one day, you're like, man, this sucks. And, and they owe the IRS money and this is going on you can beat yourself up and get depressed. Or maybe you see your neighbor gets a new car and you feel jealous. Or maybe you look down, you gain 10 pounds from the holidays and you're kind of pissed about it. What your body's telling you when those emotions kick in, and this is where this all comes to play. When your body's telling you, when you gain 10 pounds and you feel bad about it, what your body's telling you is, look, dumbass, you ate too much. You need to change that. Or when you're bothered by your bank account, it's saying, look, hey, what you're doing isn't working. Look over here, do something different. Or you recognize when you're, um, when you're jealous about your neighbor, that's saying, learn how to communicate better so you can now be more effective. That's what's going on. Yeah. Now, I know you're a master practitioner in NLP and you've studied it for a long yeah. time. You use it for influence and, and you talk oh, yeah. about that. Now, do you think that still is probably one of the most powerful um, tools to make change in someone's life? Or have you come across something you know, more recently with all the brain research. Uh, no, I don't think it is. And I, I, I use a lot of NLP techniques. I studied a little bit. Yeah, master this, master that. Listen, the only way you really become a master, you can go spend a couple grand and go get a certification. It doesn't mean you're anything more than like a life coach, right? Uh, what really works is real-time experience. So when I invented human interaction technology, it was the best of the best from NLP, the best of the best from psychotherapy, hypnosis, transactional analysis. So you got to find out what works for you. So there is no one answer, but I will tell you, understanding the benefit, like what NLP taught me is that find what works and do it. And everyone has a system of what works and find out what that is and be able to master it. That's the beauty of what NLP did for me. It's not about mirroring and matching and pacing and leading. That stuff's really great. Yet, I'm going to tell you, I haven't used that stuff in years. Once you become a master, you like in um, all the stuff you learn in the dojo for years to become a black belt, second you get in a street fight, you don't use it. You just use your instincts. So what NLP does is it forces a new level of instincts. Okay. But you still think it's pretty powerful to help people to change? extremely powerful to get people to change, extremely not powerful if you didn't use it to change yourself and make yourself confident. You could know how to do a phobia cure on somebody. You could know how to um, induce confidence in another person, physically know how, but if you're not confident yourself, I think most people look to use it outwardly instead of using it inwardly. So how I used NLP is I changed my life and I use it to build a new person. I use it to really activate all of Michael instead of at first, I used it. Oh, I'm going to sell this guy something. Ooh, look at that pace and lead. Oh, look at that reframe. Oh, look at that future pace. Now it's like, how do I future pace Michael to be the best possible Michael? Right. And that was a powerful thing was future pacing, right? Very much so. Awesome. Because I've, I've, I've learned some of that stuff and it, 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 that is powerful. I th- and I think that's what's so cool is that you used it for yourself and that's what it should be. Because like you said, if, you, if you're not going to have the belief or you're not going to change yourself, how are you going to make changes in others? You know, it starts with you. And you've got to get to that point. 
Um, yes. I mean, everything in life is going to start with you. I mean, you need to make those decisions and, and really, really figure out what it is that you want for your life and what you'd like it to be. And also framing yourself the way you'd like to be seen. And, and what's interesting is accepting you're in that box and accepting your own averageness and accepting that you will keep on repeating the same life because that is what you set up and your old wants are your current life. Once you get that, you're going to realize that you're operating off a program that's probably 20 years old that you didn't even realize you were in. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So how does one go about doing that, Michael? I mean, you know, they set these goals. And do you think some people just set two extreme goals that they can't vision themselves doing it so they don't push themselves to achieve that? Or what do, what do you think it is that's holding them back from changing who they are? They're, they're, they're fed up, average sucks, and they don't want to be here anymore. Yeah, I, I think the biggest challenge people have is what they want and what they do have nothing to do with each other and they're programmed incorrectly. Like one of the things I cover at Core Strength, why your friend liked that so much is that I introduce you to your unconscious program. Like below the surface, no matter how hard you work, your body and mind are designed to keep you constant with your current identity of how you see you and how other people see you. So your brain will always bring you back to where it is that you're at, no matter what. So accepting that is one of the most important things is that you created this for yourself, whether you realize it or not. So your job now is to break that concept. And how that concept gets broken is by you, A, accepting that it's there, but B, realizing like, I'll give an example. Uh, a man says to me, he wants to, he really wants to build his business, right? And I say, great, you want to build your business. I want to make a million dollars. But everything he does in his day is about wanting that, not about doing it. And when he goes for it, he doesn't recognize how his brain works. So like a great way to explain this is that your brain's number one focus and forget your brain. Like, I'm making your brain. Your mind and your brain have one really, really important thing. And this is exciting. Your brain truly wants you to be happy. It really does. It wants to look for advantages. It wants to work with your heart to get you your passions. It truly sets out every morning to give you advantages, to give you an incredible life. The challenge kicks in is that there's an overriding program that gets in the way called your avoidance technique. And your brain will override your advantage program any day of the week the second you see anything worth avoiding. So I'll give you an example. Like you got a guy that wants to make more money. In order to make more money, Brian, you need to first admit you don't have enough. And admitting you don't have enough kind of feels like you're not good enough, which makes you uncomfortable. So even though you want money unconsciously, it makes you uncomfortable. Like wanting to get in better shape reminds you that last time you went to work out, you wound up quitting anyways and quitting makes you feel bad. So you gave up last time. You'll probably do it again. So why bother? Your brain is doing this, like I call them like predator programs. Like remember the, remember like the little green and white DOS screen and predator and Terminator yeah, back in the day. Yes. Like, your brain is looking at things and going, I want to quit smoking. But if I quit smoking, I will lose friendships with the people that I have. My most important thing is my friendships. If I smoke, I'll feel bad. I'll make them feel bad. So I'll just keep smoking and die. Your brain's doing that without even you being involved. It's crazy. It's amazing how there's so much struggle between what you want and what you're living and what you're programmed. And you no wonder why people don't don't get what they want. It's pretty simple to change once you uncover right. it. Like we got a process that we do at Core Strength, which is probably a little advanced for everybody just to jump from this phone call to that. But the process we have is we don't give the unconscious mind time to think. And we have a way of locating, bypassing it. So by the end of the weekend, everybody rewrites the program. And fortunately enough, you know, people put some good wants of things they want to have. But a lot of times we it, it's hard, hard to think much bigger than our current desires. So if you look at how did you get this life? 
Your life is a dream compared to the one that you had years ago. Most people's are. Like, it's a dream. Like, years ago, you would have dreamed of this. You didn't realize you set this up. You wanted free time. You wanted uh, to own your own life. And you wanted to be in business. Congratulations. You've got that. The problem is you forgot to add the freedom along with it and everything. Or you forgot to add the finances with it or whatever. So you got the freedom, but you don't have the finance. And I don't mean you. I mean people in Correct. general. Yeah. And that's the thing. You got to have that. You you got to have it detailed. You got Because like you said, you could say, hey, I got the business now, but I don't have the finances and I don't have the freedom. I'm working myself to death and basically just have a glorified job. You know? Yep. Yep. Now, are you familiar with Ben Franklin's 13 Virtues? No, but it sounds good. Uh, Tell me about it. I'm always if learning. If you read his autobiography, what Ben Franklin did is he took out 13 Virtues and it's exactly what you're talking about, Michael. It's about becoming the person you want to be. So he wrote down different things is, and, and I'll even kind of go off and I don't know if these are all the ones, but matter of fact, I, I wrote down some things for on my big whiteboard in my office and it came from what you talked about. A lot of them. I wrote down keywords. I want to look at one was focus, influence, value, consistency, a big key one here, follow through. And then mm. massive, they always say massive and perfect action, which I think is cool, but I like to add the word consistent. Because as you know, you're not going to be successful unless you do things on a consistent basis. If I work out once in a while or I make a phone call to a client once in a while, that's not going to get me successful. So what Ben Franklin did is he wrote down these 13 virtues and he would take one a week and work on that one virtue. So he would be able to cycle through all 13 virtues four times in a year. Wow. And it would help them. And you know his story, an author, an entrepreneur, an inventor, just an incredible life. One of the things, though, I have a question on, and, and I've asked different people, and there's different thoughts, and I want to know from your experience in your own personal life, and then working with hundreds of thousands of people, and there's going to be maybe two parts to this question, but should one work on their weaknesses, or should they double down on their strengths? It depends what their weakness is, so it's a loaded question. If your weakness is you're insecure around people and you're having trouble getting started, we can. if it's something worth fixing, like, listen, I'm not an organized person by any stretch of the imagination, so I can hire that. I can hire someone to be organized because I'm a creative, right? I'm, an, I'm a visionary. I'm an extroverted person, and I'm not going to want to sit down and outline things. So I hire people to do those kind of things and organize me. I'm not going to sit here and work on something that's below what it is I need to be doing. So I think what we need to do is hone our strengths, but more importantly, hone what you love. One of the things I love are hearing from Alan Watts, who's absolutely oh, one of my favorite Alan. people. He basically says, find something you love, get so extraordinary at it that somebody will pay you to, yes. to do it and teach him that. So if you love the piano, oh, I'm never going to make anybody playing the piano. Get so freaking good at playing the piano that someone has to pay you, yep. right? So you've just got to just get obsessed with it and, and really dig deep. So I think the real question you're asking is not strengths and weaknesses. What do you freaking love? And find out what you love so much that you can just always do for the rest of your life. Find a way to get so good at it, somebody will pay you for it. Yeah, and I, I love that, what you said, because that was one of the questions I was going to ask you, because there's controversy on that as well. Do you follow one's passion? You've got Mike Rowe from uh, Dirty Jobs who says, ah, don't follow your passion. I don't believe in it. And to me, I think, if, especially if you're going to be an entrepreneur and you're going to go for something and you're, you're going to put yourself out there, You've got to have a passion because there's so many times where you're going to want to give up. And if you're not passionate about it, it's so easy to just say, nah, onto the next thing. I'm not really that excited anyways, you know? So, well, the difference between a business owner and an entrepreneur in my brand is a business owner will own any business, right? right? 
and uh, they don't care. Like Ray Kroc didn't give crap about McDonald's. He just wanted to make a lot of money and build this thing. And he saw the picture, right? I watched yeah, the movie. Yeah. I'm hoping that's accurate. He was like, he did the emeth thing. He basically was the emeth. Like, get yourself off the org yep, chart, right? Time. If you're an entrepreneur and you have a passion for something, you love something, find that thing and do it. I mean, it may not make you money. You may have to do something else alongside of it. Don't go broke trying to figure right. this out. But you understand. No, what and I, I think what you're trying to get at too is when you have a passion and you're an entrepreneur, you're you're about changing lives, not just making money. I mean, I'm going to tell you, you're, uh, I think it's Tony that said it is, you're, um, your economics are in direct proportion to the value you bring to the marketplace. And, and a Jim Rohn or Tony, one of those guys said that. And I will tell you that you're only as good as the value you bring to the marketplace. So the question is, how much value are you bringing? And if you're bringing value to the marketplace, massive amounts, you will get massive value back. Right. No, absolutely. You, you got to add the value. And that's, that's one of the key things. And that's what I like about what you're sharing and what uh, Joe Polish talks about is it's all about value. It's making a difference and creating that value in people's lives. And that's, it's so powerful on there. So I think that's. I came out of my office about, um, uh, probably about six months ago. And I I'd said to the whole company, I said, look guys, I'm going to leave the make money thing to everybody else and, and the get rich thing to everyone else. I mean, people will get rich and make money just working with me. It'll happen as a byproduct. But what we really do is we're here to make a difference in the world and help people um, that want to make a difference in their life and the quality of the lives of the people around them that really want to make a difference. And where we're at in the world today, if what you do makes a difference and makes people feel good, the world needs that more than ever. So really, I have dedicated my life to finding ways to help people make a difference in their life and the lives of the people around them. And that's my value proposition for the world. Yeah, and that's what I love. That was powerful when you shared that on your moonshot that you came to that realization that, hey, I've been teaching people how to make money and all that stuff. And it's great. But like you said, if you become the person you want to be, that's just going to be a byproduct. So you just do it. Like once you become a person that knows how to make six figures or a million dollars, that's what you do. But most people don't want to become it. They just want right. the money. And that's what comes and goes. Like I've had, I've been eerie consistent in my life, like, cause I am the guy that makes what I currently make and it's eerie. Now I got to get over the wall and get to the next level. It's like the ready fire aim book. Like I got to get over the wall. Okay. Time to get 10 to 20 million different yeah. wall. It's so true. I saw, um, that's funny that you you mentioned that book and stuff. He, and I uh, saw Grant Cardone. I think it was on Lewis Howe's podcast. He was talking, and, and Lewis said, "Hey, what about uh, you know how come you're not uh, a billionaire or multi billion at this point?" And it was funny because you know Grant Cardone, man. That guy's got tons of of enthusiasm and pretty pretty confident dude. And he was like, "Man, I'm not there yet, man. I'm not there." And Lewis was kind of pushing him, like, "Why?" And it was his wall. He had to get over the next wall. He's at a certain level that he's at comfortable. That thermostat is set. He needs to change that thermostat and now go over another wall to become a different, you know, that constant growth thing. Well, let, let's use him as an example. You put me in that box and all the other speakers. He has down Grant on stage, Grant in products, Grant making things work. To do a billion-dollar company means you need to run a company differently. He's got down what he currently does, but running it differently, understanding the market. Like you look at Tony, how he became almost a billionaire, whatever he is, or like Apple. It's like let it, it's like it stops being just about you and you're building something bigger than that. So he's got this thing down, and this thing that he does gets him this stuff that he currently has or this level in order to change that he's got to do something different that he has not taken the time to figure out yet. And I don't doubt Grant by any stretch of the imagination, he'll figure it out. That is so true. Like you said, you're going to have to change in, on that point. Now there's some books and stuff out there, Michael, that are talking about habits, the habits of the millionaires and successful habits and stuff like that. I got a question on as far as habits and stuff. Do you think 
um, by someone implementing those habits that they can get to the success or should they focus more on the mindset of who they need to become? Cause I, I think if you're just implementing the habits, I know you got to do the habits, but don't you think they have to do the uh, mindset part first and just trying to implement these habits? Yeah. Mindset's like a tricky thing. Number one thing you got to do, it isn't the habits. I mean, number one is you got to take responsibility that you are who you are in this world. Cause what you've mm-hmm. done up till now, you could take on a bunch of habits, but it's really not real for you. I mean, you got to get some things in play. I mean, like literally if you're like, if you haven't heard my GPS call, the one about, and I'll mention GPS later to everybody, but the one call I did on money, if you're not auto sending $5 a day to a bunch of different accounts and moving money around and like, and, and saving and, and, uh, and investing and just doing even in a minor scale, you're not really have a good relationship with money. I mean, one of the things you got to do immediately, like if you have debt is set up a $5 auto debt program, like $5 a week, or I know it doesn't really do anything, but it just tells the world you're serious about what you're doing. It's a stupid example I'm giving right now. We need habits. Of course, you need to be in better shape. Of course, you need to save money. Of course, you need to not overspend. Of course, you got to do marketing. Habits are great. But really, the most important thing is we need to develop who it is that we are and we need to become all of ourselves is to look in the mirror and go, how far along am I on being who I can be? And then asking, what is your next steps to grow and to become that? So I just I I really think at the end of the day is really working on who it is you are, like instead of habits, learn how to be a decision maker learn what it feels like to be a confident person, go to Toastmasters, go to jujitsu, become stronger, become more confident. Like you don't have an issue cold calling. You don't have an issue with marketing. You don't have an issue with creativity. You just don't do it enough. So like take a writing class at a junior college, even if you're 55 years old, who cares? And practice writing. If you want to be a marketer, don't go hire a guru to help you just practice writing all the time. And if you, if you're serious about it, like I told a guy today, he said to me, he goes, Hey, Michael, um, I want to be a coach. I said, well, then here's what I'm going to have you do. Wax on, wax off, paint the fence. Go do 10 Facebook Lives for the next 10 days straight. And if you're not serious about doing that, after 10 days, call me back. And if you're not going to do that, you're not serious. No, I think what you said there is so powerful. And I I hope the listeners, if if you guys aren't taking notes listening to this, and you need to go back and re-listen to this interview here. But what you said is so powerful because so many people forget the basics. It's the basic stuff. Like you said, do do 10 lives, go to Toastmasters and get up in front of a small audience and see if you can do it. Can you go through it? Can you continue to do it? Is it going to be for you? But people have these grand ideas and they just, but they don't implement these small little things to build those muscles. So I think what- I'll give you, I'll give you a metaphor here. It's like four very simple, like states we go through in our lives. And number one is most people want to make a plan. So if you got a piece of paper, write this down. Like most people want to plan. And you put plan in the center of the piece of paper, the word plan. And go ahead and do this. Like word plan, put it in the center of paper. So everybody wants to start. They want a freaking plan. I steal this from military. And all great military operations, the Navy SEALs, the Mossad, the Delta Force, the best in the world, the, the Green Berets and everything, they didn't start with a plan. They started on the first step all the way left by taking action. They found out what worked and didn't. Like every rule in the Navy SEALs, they say, was written in blood. Somebody died, somebody got hurt, and we just wow. don't do that yeah. again. Okay? So – once you take action, this is why my call to action program is so powerful. Once you take action, after you take action, if it's working, it's like Facebook ads, it's like your funnel, it's like your, your text marketing. Once it's working, then you work on creating momentum. Once you create momentum, okay, then you put a plan in place. Like I got something that works. It's been consistent for 90 days. Let me get a plan to keep it going. And the last thing is resources. Like who do you need to do to make it better? How do we polish it and make it work? I mean, the last thing you want to do is build out a flex. Every idiot goes and spends five, 10 grand on a funnel. I need a funnel. I need a funnel. I need copy. No, you don't. You need a hook. 
See if you can get someone to click on it. If they liked it, then get another one. That's what people need to understand. It's like guys said today, I'm like, say, go find a like a like a Kiwanis club. Go speak to them for an hour. If they like you, find out what they liked and we'll repeat it. If they don't like you, let's not build a whole presentation. Let's find out what people like and don't like. So you got to get out there and put it out to the world. So action first, momentum second, plan third. Don't make a freaking plan. Planning is the devil. No plans. No plans. Yeah. And I love that. You talked about that in one of the the trainings that you were talking about at the beginning of this year. And I loved how you said that. Forget about a plan, start taking some action, and then you can create a plan. And I thought- Like go run. Yeah. Go run. If you're running for, if you can run three days straight, then you got to say, how do I do this three days in a row, six weeks in a row? If after about 90 days you're doing it, then get a running plan together. How you can do this, sign up for some stuff. Like- like that's what you do. And then get resources. Like don't go buy fancy running shoes. Just freaking go yeah. run. And, and so what do you think? Do you think people do all those things, Michael, like continuous to read and, and go get running shoes? Yes. Avoid inspect- I think it's the, the, is it to stay comfortable? Resistance. Feel like they're doing something resistance. when they're actually not? They're just doing business stuff? No, it's resistance. It's keeping them in the box they're currently and actually running is over the wall on the yeah. other side of the box. That's crazy. Got a question here from a best friend of mine, Todd Wright. Um, he's working on some products and stuff for his business. And it was pretty interesting because I thought it was a good point he brought up on here. He wants to know, what's the process that you have in place to bring new products or ideas to a, a market? And how do you know how long to stay with an idea or a product before you switch and just kind of say, this ain't working and cut it off? Well, what has worked for you or what do you found for okay, your people you train? Yeah, let's make an imaginary thing up. So let's pretend that Todd's got an imaginary thing going on. G- give me an idea of what you mean. Okay, and then he's uh, in the pool business. So he's trying to create a, a membership uh-huh. where they're building for pools so people can go on there and, and follow the process and some other stuff. So he's trying to get a website together and, and uh, basically an online membership for them. Okay, so does he need to get a membership? Does he He's got have a an great audience? audience, yes. He's got an audience and a clientele already, so. Okay, so um, so he's got an audience. He's got people yes. that already want to buy it. Has he asked them what they want? Uh, I think so. He's been doing it a while. It's actually called Build Your Own Pools, and what they do is he gets all the plans, does the permitting, and all that stuff, and shows people how they can go out and do the pool themselves and save themselves twenty to thirty grand. Fantastic. So his question is, how do you know that you're not being foolish and not living? No, his thing is, if he he wants to implement the the membership site now, so he wants to know how does he get it going, and then how does he find out? You know what? This market, this isn't for them, and and cut bait or or continue to improve it and try and make it work. Okay. So I built my membership site. You're you're a member of uh, you're a member of my GPS, and once a month, it's pretty badass for once a month. Everybody listening, not to interrupt you, Michael, but you guys need to get involved with it. There will be a link in the show notes, and it. I'll, I'll, I'll talk more about it on another podcast, but go ahead. Yeah. It's like, I mean, 39 it's, bucks it's, or whatever it is, nothing, but 39 bucks is a chance. I love talking with you. I love giving advice. So I get a minimal little fee to talk to a group of you to learn more about you and how to help you once a month. So if I was him, I would do a live podcast or a Facebook live once a month, like I'm doing, and then also make content. I would just follow my system for that. So the reason that works so well is I would take some content he already has, put it up. So there's something when they get in, but then offer once a month or once every other week, a live Q and a, like he's live for 30 minutes every other week doing hands-on advice he loves it anyways. What does he care? And do that for a good couple of years. You will learn everything, every question everybody has, and you can expand upon that stuff. One of the, the best I've ever seen with this is this guy, Doggy Dan. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. He's I a marketer. Is it Doberman Dan? 
No, I think it's Doggy Dan. He may be. I, he's like a dog trainer. So I get a new dog. She's nibbling at me in the middle of the night. How do I train my freaking dog? And for a dollar, I get this guy's membership site. Everything I've ever been thinking in the world about dogs is in there. I don't even want to cancel it because I may need it later right. on. So what I'd recommend if I was your friend is what I like about my system is once a month, stop doing this whole like everything's automated. I don't touch anyone and talk to them. Make a year commitment that, man, you're going to get in there and dig with your people. Give them love. Build a community. Add a Facebook group to it like we have with GPS. Did you see we got a Facebook yes, group now? Yes, it's awesome. Also? I love it. Get in there, talk with them, give them the goods, and that's what I would do. If now, I when friend. when would you for you what has worked when you decided saying, "Hey, a project's not working"? How do you how do you know when to cut bait and uh, move on to something else? Um, is it a passion project or is it a profit? Maker? Uh, let's let's do with the uh, profit maker because it's pretty much easier that way. If it's not, if other aspects of your business are making more money and you're losing after ninety days or yeah, six months, so just use it. the old 60, 90 day rule and not mess with it, huh? Yeah, I would just kill it because there's another way you can do it. If it's causing pain to you, if you love it, do yeah. it. If you don't, don't. And that that we just had to do that recently. Oh, really? Company, okay. Same thing. Pretty sweet. I had a course called RPM, my rapid presentation master years ago. I did it live, but it exhausted me to do. And I loved it. But people's biggest fear was presenting. So, hey, let's do a course about your biggest fear. Let's bring Freddy Krueger and Jason yeah. Voorhees to come kill you, right? And that was literally RPM. So you know what I did? I brought in a great video team, recorded it, let people do it from their comfort of their home and people like it more oh, recorded. Perfect. Yeah, that works. That works out good. I like that. What are you doing right now, Michael, that uh, maybe scares you or is making you stretch? Working on my book, uh, this new book that I have, The Average Sucks Book, which is really, um, I heard you mention earlier yeah, exactly. about the Human Owner's Manual. That was my move. We switched over when Tucker and I got together about my book. Um, we talked a little bit about, I'm writing it. He's helping me just get organized my thoughts. I'm not ready for that book okay. yet, Human Owner's Manual, but the book I'm getting out is Average Sucks is my simplicity of explaining how to get out of the box. And it's stretching me because it's forcing me to take my amazing verbal delivery and make it written about a subject that I spoke about that's not linear. Some of the other stuff I've written and done in the past has been linear. This is not a linear conversation. So that's been my big move to get that out there. That's been one thing. Also, I'm in the process of buying buildings right now. I got my first one in North Scottsdale that's opening in 45 days, our first really? success institute. Congrats. And we're opening it. Thanks, man. 6,200 oh, square feet building. Um, 3,000 square feet for auditorium space, and that's going to be – we're going to be doing events out of there. So it's not scary, but it's a different animal than I'm So what to. is it what, – what can people do to get on a list or to start following you on that and to be part of those events? Yeah, I mean a couple of things. I mean I'll give you a gift right off the bat. Check out uh, persuasionenhancement.com. Uh, Persuasion Enhancement. It's got my four-step process. It's really cool. If you're in business, you need that. That's one of my gifts for you. Um, you'll get mad at me as a marketer, Brian. There's no like – cells or anything in no, it just I, check it out i appreciate and, that. that's the way to do it yeah just check it out i think it might at the end say hey, you want to check something out discount or whatever but it's really like 20 minutes of awesome content use it abuse it share it i have made so much money and help people make so much money with that that's huge and if you're really serious business-wise like check out persuasionhancement.com I would check out my business success GPS. It's 39 bucks. I mean, honestly, I made it as a gift to me to give me a chance to talk to business owners on a regular basis. And it, 
it's cheap enough for you. I mean, I think it's got a yearly membership where it's like it's basically free and practically giving this damn thing away. But um, check out michaelburnoff.com forward slash GPS. I mean, you and I are both in there. They can get a hold of you and I and ask questions like anytime they want. It's really, really cool. So I hope you don't mind that I'm, I'm going to send your listeners to hang out with us. But um, no, cool no, absolutely. The whole thing is I want to give value. That's why I want to bring someone on like you that shares stuff. You're giving actionable techniques that someone can actually get off this call and start implementing stuff. And as you probably, you don't know this about this, but on my podcast, I don't spend a half hour at the beginning of our interview selling products and, and having advertisers. I don't believe in that. I want to give value. I'm not here to make money on this podcast. I'll do it other means. This is to give back and to help people get their mindset right as an entrepreneur, to get over these fears. And that's what this is all about. So i I'm more than happy to send as many people as I can your way. I'll put a link up on my website. I'll create a banner because I am part of the GPS and I believe so much in it and the value that you're giving. And for 39 bucks a month, come on, there's just tons of value. So I'm definitely support you in any way I can on that. That's that thing. I love it. I mean, it's a, if you can't get I, my my commitment is if you can't get three thousand dollars a year out of that little commitment, and I think you can get it as low as twenty two oh, bucks gosh. a month if you do a year. If you can't get, if you can't get, I know it's embarrassing. I I'm gonna guy like Joe Powell smack me, Michael. What the hell are you doing? You charge twenty grand for one day of coaching, and you're giving away time for the for everybody. Yeah. It's my give back to the entrepreneur. Life's too hard as an entrepreneur. We got to yeah. find a way to no, make that's, it easier. You're, you're totally right on the right track, and I'm I'm, sh- I'm sure it pays off in more ways than one doing it that way. I love it. I love helping people. And yeah, the, the michaelburnoff.com forward slash GPS still offers that great rate on it. And I give away to any of your listeners that, that wind up enrolling. Um, just send me an email to find a way to get a hold of me and let me know. And I'm going to send you a little bonus of some oh, persuasion so audios much. Yeah, We'll go ahead and we'll have all that linked up in the show notes and stuff on there. What is a, a, one of the biggest challenges that you had to face as being an entrepreneur? Um, accepting that, uh, I had a business partner years ago that I had to get out of being in business with. It didn't work out. Accepting that I'm not going to tell anyone one way or another, but, um, accepting that I could do this all myself and not needing anybody to help me long time ago. I was about 29 years old or 30 when that happened. I'm 40 now. And that was one of the biggest things at the time was, uh, just having those tough situations and dealing with the legal stuff and all that stuff. And just accepting that, um, I'm going to take this thing on myself and getting through that. Wow, that was a really cool. big one. What's uh, one of your biggest, if you do have any, biggest business regrets and what did you learn from it? I can't say I truly have regrets. Um, I'd say the biggest learning experience that you can have in business is to be really clear on what it is that you want and make certain you're as clear as possible with everybody around you. Because as an entrepreneur and as a leader, people are going to follow your direction. And if you're not clear on what you want, um, you're going to screw around with your team and they're, they're going to yeah, get off no, track. Absolutely. Now I know you're a big reader too, and you have a great reading list also for the listeners in the GPS program, you list books and stuff. What are two or three books of yours, Michael, that have had the biggest impact on you or that you give away the most to other people? Um, big impact. Uh, there's a book called, uh, well, this one's amazing. It's, um, it's a book called auto suggestion. Uh, I learned about it through reading about Mike Tyson, who's from your neck of the woods, Catskills area, right? Like from upper state. Well, you're, you're not that yeah, area. You're, well, you're farther up. And, um, well, I was. Now I'm, now I'm here. Oh, you're like, you're, you're probably now Canadian, right? you're like yeah, Jamestown. Yeah. Past that. Yep. So, um, what was interesting was, uh, 
this book on auto-suggestion by Amelia something. I can't even think about it. I have a copy of it sitting here in my office somewhere. And it's one of my favorite books because it's how to like rewire your unconscious mind. It's really, really cool. Uh, also, on top of that, um, I, I've, I've read a lot of books have been um, influential to me over the years. Like Augmentino's The Greatest Miracle in the World was a big one for me back in the day. I've probably given away thousands of copies of that. Dan oh, Millman, um, The Way of the Peaceful Warrior. The Way of the Peaceful Warrior, I've probably, Dan loves me for this. I have bought two or 3,000 copies of his book over the years. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I just read that one recently. Very good book. Have you read The Alchemist? You want a good read? Did you read The Alchemist at all? What's that? Couldn't get through the first three pages. You know what? It's funny. I wanted your opinion on it because I I read it and so many people said it impacted them, Will Smith and a bunch of others. And I thought it was all right, but it, it didn't have that effect on me. But, you know, everybody's got their own. So... No, that's cool that you said that. Yeah, I mean, I like books like, you know, James Alt, uh, James Altcher's books like Choose Yourself and books like um, book, books about like I like to read. I like to read the stuff that truly just moves me and, and, and gets me going. That's really those are those are some big ones. Dan Millman's books are probably. Yeah, I want to read some more of his other ones that he has. Listed up. You know what I recommend is uh, The Journey of Socrates. That, that will blow your freaking mind if you just got down. With really? OK, warrior. it's on my list, but because I love to read. You won't be able to put it down, man. It's uh, how he became. It's Sweet. amazing. You'll love it. All right. I got a few more questions here. I'm going to wrap up with you. One of the things that we mentioned at the top, uh, me and you off well, before we were recording, uh, you had mentioned a strategic influence five-day t- uh, tele-seminar. Can you explain a little bit about what that is? Yeah. And, and we'll put a link in the show notes for everybody. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make it even better. If they sign up for GPS, I'm going to give it to them. So have you taken no, strategic yet. influence yet, Brian? To. My gift to you. Oh. You just got it for doing the show, and I thank you. I appreciate so you it. Be man. on next month. It's uh, five days working with me. I've been doing it for fifteen years. How to influence yourself and how to get yourself to strategically get your life to be the way you want it to be. And my my gift to anybody who winds up doing GPS for the thirty nine bucks or for the year, do the year or whatever, and I will gladly give you my five hundred dollar program, Strategic Influence, so I could explain it. Or I, I've never said that in a million years, but I think I'm being a smart marketer oh, by doing that. I mean. It- <laughs> it's so cool, Michael. I mean, just listening to you, like I said, when I met you out there at Joe's, you can just tell it comes through. You care about your people. You're not in it to make bucks, obviously, because you're, you're giving away some tremendous value here, but it just comes through that you really want to help people. And one of the things you mentioned in the moonshot, you mentioned children briefly, and it's kind of been one of my passions too, is to share this life skills with kids. I want to come up with some type of program where they learn life skills and how to communicate with themselves, influence people, um, how to handle, you know, bullying, all that stuff that people are going through now that is not taught. They don't have the owner's manual for it. So I love that you're, you're pursuing that stuff and you're not just helping adults. I, cause I know you got a, a core strengths for uh, teens too, don't you? Or you did? Yep. Yep. Teens come out for core strength. I even have, we started that because my teenager had uh-huh. some challenges she was going through. And uh, at 14, we said teens can come. So it's the ability to come to my event with your family and we learn together. So that after, after strategic influence, you find out all about core. So I'd love to see you and I got to talk about that as oh, well. I'm definitely going, like I that. said, uh, Doug Halfpenny was out there. So I definitely want to go to that and being right across the valley from you. So it's, it'd be easy. No brainer, man. People coming from Australia, it's four oh, grand to get here. You just gotta I've got no excuse, man. Hey, um, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Social media wise, email, what's the way for our listeners? Yeah, catch me, Michael Burnoff on Facebook, uh, B-E-R-N-O-F-F. Um, call my office directly, pick up the phone, call my assistant, 480-214-9803. Um, 
Find out, see if you can get past her. Tell them what you're looking for. Typically, the best thing is pick up a class, then find out how to get on the phone with me. That's typically what I always tell everybody. If you're serious, step up and we'll do this. Two last questions for you, bud. What is the impact that you want to have through your programs and your teachings? Simple as this. Since I've been in personal development, the success rate of people in this world has been about uh, 3% of the world has been successful. 3% of the world makes over six figures. 3% of the world is happy on a regular basis. No matter how you spin it, it's the truth. You don't like what I'm saying. You probably wouldn't be listening to a podcast like this. You know this to be true. By the time I'm done, my mission will to be affect that by at least 1%. I'd like to have the 4% of the people in this world getting the life they want. If I can do that, I did my Beautiful. Well I love it. Life. Simplistic, and but yeah, it's a big challenge. So I, hats off to you, bud. Hats off. Dude. What is the last and final message that you kind of want to leave with the Mindset family? What would, you, what would be a final message to, that you want to kind of sum things up and let them know? I guess the biggest thing to sum up is um, you've already mastered doing what you already have. You've already figured it out. I leave you with this this statement is that no matter what you do, you're going to be as good as you are right now. And you don't even have, you could sit on your ass for the rest of the year. And the last couple of months, you could probably wind up same place economically, health-wise you are currently now because you know how to do this. Start doing the things you don't know how to do. Start living in ways you don't normally live and get over that damn wall. And the way you get over the wall is start just practicing things you don't normally do. Put yourself in situations you're not normally in and start playing a little bit differently. You do that, that's where the growth comes in. Guys and girls, uh, go back. Like I said, if you haven't had a pen and paper listening to this, you need to go back, listen to this recording again. Michael shared some great stuff here. He's made some great offers to you. If you guys do not take him up on it, you are insane. And I can say that because I am part of one of his his products and I'm going to be taking some more. I'm going to be going to core strength and I'll be sharing stuff that I learned throughout the podcast and everything. But guys, you need to delve in deep. You need to look up Michael, research him, just put him in put in Michael Burnoff in Google, put it in in YouTube, and you're going to get a ton of stuff that he's already put out there. But I highly suggest if you want to start out, go through the Business Success GPS. I'm in it. If you have questions, reach out to me. I'd be happy to share what what I'm learning and what, what it's all about and everything. Michael, thanks so much, bud. This has been great. And I appreciate all you've shared and what you've given away. Um, you're doing awesome, man. And anything I can do to support you, I'm here for thanks, you. Brother. I appreciate you too. And anyway, I can help. Let me know. And you just keep on rocking. You're, you're, you're an advocate for change and an advocate for marketers and just appreciate what you yes, do. I'm glad, definitely. Our paths glad we got to connect. Thanks. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Until then, I wish you guys a brilliant life. Take care guys. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I really and truly appreciate it. And if you enjoyed this episode and want to learn more about developing a strong, successful mindset, then go ahead and subscribe by clicking the I'm in button below this podcast. Each week I try to deliver great content that you can learn and apply immediately to help develop a better mindset so you can build a great online business and hopefully a better life. So if you like what we're trying to do here at The Marketer's Mindset, then help us spread the message and give us a rating and review on iTunes so we can help more online marketers. Lastly, I want to hear from you. So if you have a topic you'd like us to discuss or an online marketer that you would like us to interview, then send me an email to brian at themarketersmindset.com. Thanks again. I love you guys. And until next week, take care and I wish you a brilliant life.